0: If you have a lot on your in your plate and, gosh, I better get up extra early to get a head start on all of this, and I'm going to push myself, push myself, work late, work late, just to get it all done, and then you hear from Scripture, that's just vain. It's just vanity. I mean, yeah. it's the Lord who pours the gifts on his children, and he's pouring them out even as they rest, as they're asleep.
1: You're searching for the meaning of life. On
0: what certainties should we build our lives and the life of the community to
2: which we belong? I have come to know among you nothing but Christ and him crucified. What matters is that I believe it, or rather know, not that I believe it, but that I believe it. We have hope. Someone who's alive today could be a saint tomorrow. That makes sense.
1: That's why Jesus came on earth
0: In order to set them free with the truth of the gospel.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Upfront with the Archbishop. My name is Jenny Conley, your host. The goal of Upfront is to bridge the gap between the hierarchy and the faithful by discussing the beauty, truth, and challenges of our Catholic faith. I am here with Archbishop Smith. Hello.
0: Hello to you, Jenny.
1: Hello. We had an interesting question come in from a listener, um, Mm. a gentleman who is discerning priesthood. and God bless him. Yeah, he had asked, pastorally speaking— if he was to learn a second language, he speaks English. If he was to learn a second language um, to better serve communities here in the Archdiocese of Edmonton, what language would you think he could uh, pick up and, and learn?
0: Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, isn't it? Uh, we got lots of languages in this Archdiocese for sure. But you know, as I think about it, the the one that comes to mind is Tagalog. Tagalog, right? The, we Filipino. have we have many many Filipino parishioners. In this in this area, um, I I would I would recommend that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I, I remember <laughs> one time I was visiting a, a parish. It was uh, Saint Teresa's, where we have many many Filipinos there, very devout, very involved. Yep. And uh, one of the leaders at one point, I I don't know if I was there for confirmation, parish visit, whatever it was. He said, "No, now we should we should get you to speak in Tagalog." I said, "I don't know. I don't know any Tagalog." He says, "Don't worry, I'll spell it out for you." <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, okay, I trusted this guy, so he spelled it all like a transliteration. Yeah. So at the end of mass, I was saying a few things to wow. people in Tagalog and praying, <laughs> praying to God I wasn't insulting somebody, right? No kidding. But he just helped me to pronounce those little words in Tagalog and the people seemed to uh, Pleased, even though they knew I didn't really have a clue what I was saying. Yeah, but yeah. it's that it's that ability of uh, of the priest to speak to someone in their mother tongue can can really impact somebody uh, deeply.
1: Yeah, our, our, so it's a great question. Our Catholic community is so culturally diverse. So God bless you too, that that listener for perhaps having an openness to learning another language. Because what a well, I mean, it's an asset to have, yep. um, but also well, a blessing to those and an openness
0: to be discerning the will of the Lord for the priesthood. That's beautiful.
1: No kidding. Today, uh, and this was, uh, uh, we were talking about ideas for the episode and you suggested uh, a conversation on leisure and this, of course, summer vacation is a big part of Yeah, we're
0: recording this in early June. June. I don't know when this is going to get broadcast, but maybe around the time of yeah. people thinking of holidays, vacations, and so on. So Yeah, so
1: there's, there's a little bit more of a kicking back during the summer, taking some time off and so talking about leisure and relaxation from a Catholic perspective, from the perspective of being a follower of Christ. And my first thought is just kind of spit What is the difference between being idle and leisure? Cause leisure is a, it's a word that's, laden with a lot of definitions. I don't know if there's just one single definition. Maybe for some it has a negative connotation, others not. Um, do you see a distinction between leisure and oh, laziness for sure, or idleness? Because, yeah,
0: I think I think in the Christian perspective, you can be at leisure at the same time as you're very, very busy. Right? So it doesn't necessarily mean the cessation of activity. Um, mm. Through Psalm 95, you know, the Lord... Uh, invites people into his rest. Um, Jesus says in himself, Jesus says in old words, come to me, you'll find rest. So, so what do we mean by that that rest, which is at the heart of leisure? It's that, and here I think is where we have to recover, uh, I think as a world, society in general, but particularly as, as Christians, recover the sense of our creatureliness, our dependence, right? There's the The recognition that, God is always at work. God is al- always has our back. God is always arranging things. God is, God is always guiding and shepherding things. And the more that I can just let go of my own presumption, my own self-absorption, self-righteousness, self-dependence, if I can put it that way, mm-hmm. and just surrender, surrender to the truth that God loves that God is present, that God is guiding and carrying me, moving me forward. Uh, I find that the more that I, in my own mind and heart, remember that, I can be at leisure within my heart, at rest within my heart, even as I'm going through the busiest of days. Mm. Um, And I think um, that that would be the, the heart of the message that I would want to say to people. Now, at the same time, uh, be- precisely because we're creatures, we're limited, right? And there's only so much we can do, and we need to exercise proper stewardship of the mind and of the body. And that means giving the body the rest that it needs, mm-hmm. the physical rest. Uh, and I do worry that sometimes we're just not doing that enough in our culture right now. We seem to live from a cult of busyness. Our worth, our ability to contribute seems to be. Uh, linked with just how busy we are, or how how we're able to tell somebody that I'm just so so busy. Well, no, that's that's really not, that's really not who we are at all, right? So we need to recapture that that need uh, that we do have physically for rest, but do this in a way that um, recognizes that it's not all dependent upon me, and I can take the rest that I need. In fact, Jesus Himself, right? in the gospels saw how busy his disciples were at one point and he said, You know what? Come apart and rest for a little while. Take a break. You need it. Right? And so we all do. Mm-hmm. And summer's a great time to to be doing
1: that. No kidding. Do you know the uh he, a German philosopher Joseph Pieper?
0: I've read some of his stuff. Yep.
1: Yeah. He has this book um had a big impact on me in my undergrad, mm. uh, called Leisure the Basis of Culture. Oh yeah. Yeah, and he makes an argument, um, beautifully articulated, that um, the arts, philosophy, those things that make a culture, not just make work and make us productive, but the things that actually give us this cultural identity, um, this flourishing of human creativity, Mm -hmm. that it's, uh, it's impossible without leisure. That actually, when it's when we are at leisure that culture starts flowering. Oh, beautiful. Um, and he's a Catholic philosopher. I always thought that was so interesting that he, that especially from a, maybe a kind of more Western American mentality, where we may think that religion or culture would be built by us being as productive as possible. Mm. And yet he says the opposite. It's it, and interesting coming from a Catholic thinker, too.
0: And I think you can probably make that link to the to the biblical understanding of mm-hmm. uh, that of the what I was talking about earlier—the sense of allowing allowing God to do right um, in that, or also in that sense of allowing some of our pillars of culture to speak to me and to form me right, as a human being, whether that be um, various elements of the arts or whatever it might be. So.
1: when you were doing your you have probably a master's in divinity and also a PhD. So there's been Mm -hmm. a lot of study in your Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. Um, In those, those seasons of your life where you're really investing in academics and the liberal arts philosophy, theology, uh, did you find that, what was your relationship with leisure? Did you find that it was oh, very I had a
0: lousy relationship with leisure? <laughs> I still do okay, yeah, <laughs> I still do no i i I didn't rest much at all. I was just so kind of taken over taken over by just the whole yeah um, amount of work and everything, and I still struggle with that right I still so, do
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. did you find that were there little pockets of experience where you found that you had some really brilliant insights. So you wrote a great essay or a great paragraph or something. I've never when had were,
0: brilliant insights. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you know those moments where you think, that was really wonderful, but it didn't really come from me. It kind oh, of, no, yeah, I was sure. at rest and something really good came.
0: Yeah. yeah. In fact, that's uh, where that happens most frequently for me is when I'm pondering the word of God and trying to, to right. think of what's going to be happening, you know, for the homily. And it's... it. it it's when I when I stop and step back and just sort of pray quietly before the cross and uh, if I try to force the issue in my mind and it's just thoughts that are self-generated they're 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 lousy mm-hmm. this is just me and people don't want to hear from me mm-hmm. they want to, they want they want to know what the Lord's word is and 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 yeah if I pray and quiet and just sometimes this thought will come that then I can. Try to shape and develop, but it's it's only in the pausing, it's only in the stopping and the thinking and the praying that it, it does it does come to me.
1: Yeah, those moments can be quite surreal when you're just kind of standing before the Lord in prayer, or even just taking a pause in whatever task you're doing, and something good comes, and you know it. You you know you can't take credit; it came from exactly. your mouth, exactly, or it came from your hand. Yeah. But you're like I I know, <laughs> other people <laughs> may give me credit for this, but it came from somewhere you else. Bet. You bet. Yeah. I, it reminds me, I had a friend from Ireland and he, we were talking about the difference between Irish culture, his experience as uh, as an Irishman of their culture, and then him moving to Canada. And he said, he said, in Canada, he's like, I find that people seem to live to work. Whereas in Ireland, I was always raised to work, to live. You you work just enough to be able to have a good life, to be able to flourish with your family, uh, to provide for your family. but really you're just looking forward to being with your people as opposed to the very opposite where it's very much like just constantly climbing whatever professional ladder is in front of you. Um, And I mean, there's, there's probably extremes on both sides that need to, we need to be cautious of, but I've often thought as, as a follower of Christ, how do we have a healthy relationship with productivity as opposed to just surrendering, surrendering to that, state of being just resting with the lord well, resting with our with our people
0: <laughs> well one of the which psalm is it but anyway where it, where it speaks about in vain is your earlier rising in vain is your going later to rest right mm. uh, while the lord pours gifts upon his beloved while they slumber now that's a that's a paraphrasing right yeah. uh, i find that's one of the more challenging teachings of scripture right mm. Because if you, if you have a lot on your, in your plate and, gosh, I better get up extra early to get a head start on all of this, and I'm going to push myself, push myself, work late, work late, just to get it all done. And then you hear from Scripture, that's just vain. It's just vanity. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not you. It's, it's the Lord who pours the gifts on his children, and he's pouring them out even as they rest, as they're asleep. So great is God's love and so sure is his providence. And Jesus, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount, he just kept saying, why are you worried so much? Why are you doing all this? He said, it's the Father who loves you. Just seek first the kingdom, seek first the relationship with him. All else is going to be given. And so rather than rush, 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 achieve, 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 accomplish, 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 how do we learn to live within the gift? How do I learn to live within my limits, acknowledge them, and in the sure confidence that what I need will be given as it is needed. This this is the invitation of Jesus to us. It's an invitation that rises out of his own full, infinite confidence in the love and in the provision of the Father. Mm-hmm. And living within the gift, trusting that the gifts will be given, there I think again too we're touching the very, very heart of what it is to be at rest to, to have leisure.
1: What would you say to someone who feels anqu- anxious or agitated when they're not working or being productive? They don't, stillness is really uncomfortable for them. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of people in that place where. You
0: bet. And I think it's um, the first question is, okay, where's that coming from? Who have I been listening to? What messages have I been listening to that's even suggest that kind of a, Of a mindset, and it's not a surprising one, and it's a common one, because we're living in a in an age very much dominated by utilitarian mindset. You know, I matter, I count Mm -hmm. if I'm useful, and judged by somebody else to be useful, Mm -hmm. that I can contribute. Right, and so if I'm not productive in the sense that maybe I see people being productive all around me, then I start to question my own self-worth. And that that leads to a, a real sense of anxiety, anxiousness, worry, right? But no, our, our worth is not dependent upon what we can produce. Of course, we all want to contribute. and We have gifts and talents to do that. We could call to contribute as we can to the common good of humanity. But my worth stems entirely from the fact that I'm a child of God created in the image and likeness of God. And no circumstance, no limitation can ever take that away from me. Mm. And I do worry about people who, perhaps because of age, become more and more limited, unable to be productive the way they were in their, in their young lives. And and that can easily feed into, if, if that's the general mindset, that can easily feed into what Pope Francis is constantly warning against, the throwaway culture. right? Mm. And we, we think about that in terms of not polluting the environment with rubbish and all, you know, the recycling and all these sorts of things, getting away from the throwaway. But Pope Francis takes it much beyond that. He says, we've got to be careful that we're not throwing people away precisely because we think that they are no longer useful right, or have nothing to offer. The throwaway culture, you know, we, we need to, to be linked inseparably to where human dignity lies. It's not something I can assign to somebody else. It's inherent arising from um, my identity as a child of God.
1: Yeah, because if we're in a season of life where we're healthy, we're maybe in a younger season of life, and we start to let that that uh, belief sink in that our value is based, our identity is based in productivity later in life, I mean, yeah. that can start manifesting itself in, well, I mean, we're seeing this with the rise of MAID in Canada, the fact that people are genuinely, I'm sure for many people, it's the opting for um Assisted suicide comes from a place of, well, I'm not, I'm worthless. Cause I'm not, my productive life no anymore. longer has meaning or purpose. So I yeah. would be better if I died quite hmm. literally be better for everyone and else. that's What's, if what's I died. really
0: diabolic and all of that is when people, other people start even to suggest that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know. Hmm. Yeah. It's genuinely taken to that, that extreme. It is genuinely demonic to believe that our identity is in our pro- productivity.
2: That's a big falsehood. Yeah. yeah. I have a question. Your Grace, yes. regards to the challenge of of rest and leisure, what role or lack of role does technology play? Because I find that you can go on vacation or you can have a weekend or a long weekend and you may be away from work, but everyone carries their work in their pockets nowadays uh, in their cell phone. And even if it's not your cell phone, you may have a different view of leisure or rest where... I'm just going to sit at home and binge watch Breaking Bad. (laughs) Did you just
1: uh, admit to something?
2: (laughs) 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 I haven't done that recently, but (laughs) anyway, whatever TV show it is or Netflix, I mean, there's, there's constant, constant uh, streams of entertainment available to us. Is there, I guess that's two questions. One about carrying your work with you and your cell phone. And your screen, um, yeah, and tell, yeah. also the, inter- the difference between leisure and entertainment.
0: Well, hmm. well, there's a couple of things around there. The first thing, this idea, and I fall into the temptation to a feeling that you always need to be available and ready to respond. You don't want the emails to get away from you, and da 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 da, and I need to be reachable. I often think of a of a line from one of my theology professors years and years ago, and. I have to admit, as I, as I look back, that it was probably at a time when I was feeling kind of self-important and called upon to do this, that, and the other thing. And I had to get up and go and something else. And, and he just kind of gently said, you know, our graveyards are filled with the bones of indispensable people. Mm-hmm. Well. Wow. <laughs> talk about a balloon bursting pretty quickly, you know, but that, that was a great lesson. And I, I, I really think it's something that we just need to keep in mind again and again and again, mm. the illusion of indispensability. Let's just let go, let go and give ourselves the rest that we, that we need in order really to be revived and energized to contribute as we as I can, but not with any illusion of indispensability. It's just not there. The other thing about, um, entertainment, technology, and all that. You know, in the seminary, we have a propedeutic year, which is the year that the, the seminarians take before they enter into formal philosophical or theological studies. And it's just to kind of get them immersed in um, the teaching of the church, the tradition of the church, giving them a basic foundation that they may not have coming into seminary and preparing them for the further studies. But part of that propedeutic year is a media fast, where they are disconnected, mm. and this is this is a you know guys at an age where we, they've kind of grown up with this right. This is their life, but no, I think maybe one day a week they can link onto the internet. The rest, you know, the phones, everything put away, disconnected, mm. and they love it. Yeah. They love it, and where it's particularly important for formation, and I would suggest this would have broad application, is that the distraction is taken away. And you have to come face to face with yourself. And what will start to happen is that all the the stuff that's going on inside uh, the heart or within the psyche naturally is going to come to the surface, and you got to deal with it. With the ability always to be checking your Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is on the social media now, or to be uh, what did you say binge watching a particular show. These these can also be. We might think it's. Leisure, But it might be various forms of escapism from things that we'd really rather not face about ourselves, but have to. So I would just say to folks that all that whole indispensability thing, you know, check that at the door, get real. And then secondly, when it comes to technology, why am I so hooked to this? Why am I addicted to this? Am I running from something? Is there something I don't want to face and and you know the more we can face the truth of our inner self and deal with it accept it or challenge it whatever it is the more we're going to be at peace with the truth of who i am right and that in that peace itself is going to give give birth to the rest to the to a to a deep inner leisure mm-hmm. right that otherwise just is not going to be there if i'm running from things
1: if we learned anything from Jonah in the bible if you try to escape it doesn't lead Good places, yeah, it's it. maybe temporarily, but
0: that's a, that's a, that's a great, a great analogy. It yeah. doesn't lead to good places. Yeah. Very much so.
1: That's a good distinction though, between escapism as opposed to authentic leisure Yeah, because there's so many avenues, like you said, Matthew, that pose as leisure or rest, but psychologically, even if you're, you know, if you're convinced by science psychologically, we know it does not give you rest. It mm. doesn't alleviate the anxiety that you're seeking to heal Um, Maybe it it kind of, it numbs maybe uncomfortable feelings while you're consuming whatever product you're using in that moment, but it doesn't actually give you that rest or that spiritual renewal that we need.
0: You know, as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking you two ask very, very good questions because often when you think about (laughs) vacation, people will say, where are you going? Yeah. You know, you're taking a trip, you're going by the lake and you you guys take it in very, very different directions, (laughs) which is, which is super good. Really, really wonderful.
1: Yeah. Are you going on vacation this summer? A little sure.
0: bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go over to World Youth Day in Portugal for a few days. We've oh, yeah. got... It's
1: not exactly vacation. Well, Is it? Little, Three, four million people? Yeah,
0: there's <laughs> a little, little a few distractions there too. That's right. But I want that's to be right. there for a few days. We've got about 240 young adults, I think, going mm-hmm. I think that's the number. But on the way back to Edmonton, I'll stop in Halifax and
1: oh, have 10, 12
0: days there with the family and just uh, kick the feet up and relax and maybe golf a bit. Yeah. yeah. I look oh, forward to that. That's wonderful.
1: I I'm going to Ireland actually this month. Oh, blessed this month. Yeah. Blessed this month, are you. Yeah. Blessed Ireland's is me. Great. I agree. Ireland's
0: great. Yeah. <laughs> but we
1: did we, about a couple months ago, we did an episode on your, uh, you went on a trip. So to are, we
0: gonna are we going to reciprocate now? We're going to do an episode on what you, <laughs> oh, no. what you got into over there.
1: No, but it's going to be my trap. It's going to be one of my travel guides, that episode. Remembering oh, some right? of your highlights. Okay. Oh yes. I, I'm going to retrace all of your stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hope you meet this. Take same.
1: selfies and Archbishop Smith was here. <laughs> I
0: hope you meet the same cabbie. That'd be fun.
1: <laughs> That's true. You go. Everyone should go back and listen to that episode. That was a great thing. What an adventure you had in that Ireland. Was that was a yeah. lot of fun. Um, My final question on this topic is sometimes it's funny when we ha- go on a vacation. Maybe we go to the lake, we go to the ocean, we go to Hawaii, or we just, you know, staycation. take a break. Yeah. Staycation. Mm-hmm. I find that as a Catholic, I I have a habit of daily prayer, but then sometimes on vacation, I'll fall out of it. And Mm. it's somewhat bizarre because nowhere uh, in the definition of rest or leisure does it say, you know, disconnect from God as well as from everything else. And yet I'm sure that there's a lot of people who find that, that they'll just fall out of, they'll stop praying the rosary or they... Instead of having morning prayer, they'll sleep in and just won't pray. So how would you um, counsel someone to make sure that that rhythm of prayer and um, connection with our Lord remains steady throughout times of vacation?
0: Well, just be deliberate about it. Yeah. Just be deliberate about it. If that's part of the routine, then keep that as part of the routine. Now, maybe if the routine is beginning the day with prayer, well, maybe the day is going to begin... A bit later, if you're able to sleep in and rest, or whatever. But just, just make sure that you hold on to the basics, yeah. right? A Daily prayer with, and uh, and don't forget mass, right? And don't forget to get to mass on Sundays. And and, and uh, right. now this is going to sound a little bit self serving, maybe it is, but but it's also good for the individual. Don't forget to support your parish, even while you're away. Oh yeah, because you are you. That is still the family. The family still has needs, right? So yeah. make sure that the parish is going to be cared for um, with financially. It, you mean, yeah, financially, yeah. yeah. Even even though you're not there to give directly,
1: that's so true. Over the summers, I suppose parishes would see a dip because people yep. forget to just bring their. Yep. Or 40 bucks or whatever it is.
0: Exactly. But that's, that's yeah. our home. That's our family. That's right? a good reminder. We still needs support.
1: Yeah. Maybe set up that direct deposit while you're uh, in Ireland. <laughs> 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 oh, well, your grace, thanks for this discussion. Um, and really oh, you're welcome. It. I enjoyed it. always a pleasure. And, um, to any listeners who are preparing for vacation or leisure, we'll be praying for you in, in this, uh, summer yeah. season. And, uh, if you are someone who is listening on an Apple device, uh, an Apple, Apple podcast, be sure to leave us a review. We would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast. And when you leave a review, it always helps to share this podcast with an even greater audience. Uh, so leave a review, leave us a five-star review. That would be wonderful. Uh, <laughs> right? Yes. Five stars. That's what we're aiming for. <laughs> we go for 10, but Apple doesn't let us. <laughs>
2: yeah, don't give us a bad review.
1: <laughs> that's right. No bad reviews. Don't, don't be real. Just, just <laughs> flatter us. <laughs>
2: We, we, have, we have an email for that. If you have a complaint, oh yeah, if
1: you have complaints, send them to our email, which actually, seriously, is in the show notes. We do love critical feedback, but you know, be gentle with us. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you're in our prayers as listeners. Your grace, thanks again for this sure. conversation, and uh, we'll see you next Tuesday for another episode of Upfront with the Archbishop. God bless.